Budget Press Review, Melissa Lewis. A better death. There has to be a better death than this. At least a kiss between us, a poem about us before the lights come up to show the lipstick smears of shame across our faces. We dream we are sweet, but break bones in our sleep, invent gods to hide behind after too much wine. Pretend we're more than just meat, but play the animal part with an obscene accuracy. We want to be the light, but stay in shadow. Want to have a voice, but never listen. And when someone offers us their heart, we take a bite. It does speak to a part of me, you know, of that, of Mm. that more, of that darker, blacker, uh, you know, more... I don't, I don't you know, try to define goth aesthetic, you know, whatever, um, you know, the. Uh, no, I think that's definitely part of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I can not see that. anything apart about my look or, or, or how I present myself or anything like that. No, right. not your style. Right, but right, like, right. Yeah. But that, that more that type of. Right. And so, you know, I mean, so that's, you know, that's, you know, she kind of, you know, reaches me in that part. This is my pandemic poem, or one of them, called I'm Not Okay. I want to run away with the poem of my dreams. Ride into the sunset on a fiery metaphor. Hold hands with the moon and sun and fall in love with words and the people who whisper them in my ear. But there's no one near to whisper and I don't have any words to spare because I don't want to say I'm not okay. There's nothing poetic in I'm not okay. There's no way to make not okay beautiful. This poet wasn't built for distance, wasn't ever meant to be more than an arm's length away from some kind of, any kind of love. Wasn't meant to leapfrog this distance between nouns and the adjectives that make them feel so good. And I just want to feel good again. Cyclogenesis. My madness is a cyclical interloper, blowing in on a summer wind and staying far too long. There is warm water to the south that makes my mouth dry and leaves me parched. I've run out of wine, but I can't seem to find the time or the inclination to buy more. There are masses of spine-bent supplicants praying to their deities on bended knees, as if tokens left for saints or voodoo queens by fair-weather believers can save us now. I barely blink, think the fan blades wearing overhead have it easy. In my next life, I want to be an inanimate object, live a life without fear coiling around in my belly. I want to choose stillness and peace over sweat-stained sheets and dread, and the roaring fear behind my ears that is almost always drowned out by the frantic beating in my chest. It is impossible to rest and keep the stillness. But with every little movement, there is a little death. Between breaths, there is confusion and convection, and a spinning, subtle misdirection, and always the waiting. This is always how the madness begins and ends. She has that kind of goth thing going on, you know, um, 
that's there's solitude. I think with mm-hmm. you know with Melissa, her poetry has this sense of solitude, right? And 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 you know that is almost like you know it's a darker place, a darker solitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not so much loneliness, right? There's not like a loneliness. The loneliness is there, but there's almost like an acceptance of that. And so I think when you accept loneliness, it, that's when it's solitude, <laughs> right? You know, um, is I, that you're alone, but you don't really have that big of a problem with being alone. Yeah. I don't think when you're alone and lonely, in de- though. Well, that you're depressed being alone? I don't think solitude means being depressed. No, that's what I'm saying. Loneliness is. Yeah. When you want to be around people and you're alone, but when you're just fine being alone, you're just, you know. Right. That's solitude. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I'm saying is that with her, it's more solitude than loneliness. Mm. Dreams of every color. Yesterday, you sold me sky and a smoky glass dream so sweet I ignored the chipped edge that drew blood and soul from a corner of my lip until you licked it away with a kiss sharper than glass. Last night, the clever hunger found me, chased me, touched me, tamed me, slipped a moonlit arm through mine, danced circles around me in rain-slick grass, pulled and tossed me naked-footed through streets delicious with darkness. Tonight, I sweat a thousand dreams of every color, in hunger, in pain, in fear, on fire and hard to swallow like the memory of last night's ache and the whiskey-soaked whisper of tomorrow night's thirst. Tomorrow, I will cling to a jazz-stained wall and hide my eyes, scream to purge the greedy rhythm rolling around and around on my tongue like something raw that burns and waits to paint itself in a bitter palette down the back of my throat. Slice. If I were to slice my arms from wrist to elbow, the only thing that would spill out would be all the words I was too afraid to use. See, I am too rash and too crass and too much of a pain in the ass for your china shop heart. I am the bull that charges when it sees red, and red is, after all, the color of love. But I can't afford to pay any more for the damage I leave on your fragile heart floor. I've given away all my best words, verbed all my best nouns down to stunted nubs, and spoiled my soil until nothing will grow in the empty fields of my scarline rose. So don't ask me to slice myself open again, because I don't want to. You can't have my words. I need them. For me. More of a feeling than it is. It's so strange. It's like I say imagery. She uses kind of imagery to provoke a feeling. And yet it doesn't provoke images in your head. It provokes feelings in your head. Right? Now, Hmm. she has one poem in the zine that is not in the podcast Hmm. that is about Manhattan, which is more of like a you know, like a physical thing to it, you know, like I am in Manhattan going across the bridge, 
but in the two poems that's in the podcast, they're not, they don't have that yeah. physicality to it. I don't know so much. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like babbling on, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so. Father's Day. On the day my father died, I was the first to get the call from 1,200 miles away, collapsing on a rain-soaked sidewalk in front of a Rite Aid in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. My coworker, Ms. Collette, watching through the window, rushed outside to see what was wrong and held me in the rain while I cried. I had to call my brothers and my sister-in-law and my mother, who couldn't hear me, thought I said, Tigger is dead. No, Mom, my cat is fine. It's my father who's gone. A few hours and a flight later, I was as cold as northeastern Pennsylvania in early April, when winter doesn't know that it should have turned to spring and all the sounds are still frozen to the ground. On the day my father was laid to rest, his body was not the only thing that went into darkness and never came back. Now every day is Father's Day to a girl who still feels guilty about that money she borrowed for her cat's emergency surgery and never got to pay back. Every day is Father's Day to a girl who knows he was fine with talking just once a week because she talks so goddamn much, but she still wishes he had called more often. Every day is Father's Day to a girl who wakes breathless in mourning, dreams every morning that she's held underwater and what wonders what kind of daughter she's been. Every day is Father's Day to a girl who never got to say goodbye. Um, she's on, um, where is, what is this? She's got a website here. Voodoo Roo, V-O-O-D-O-O-R-U-E. VoodooRoo.blogspot.com. So, Right. So she's on um, Voodoo Rue. That's her uh, Instagram as well, if I'm correct. Voodoo Rue, which is like her cat's name, I think. So there you go. The poems in this episode were A Better Death, I Am Not Okay, Cyclogenesis from Budget Press Review number nine, Dreams of Every Color, from Budget Press Review number 9, Slice, and Father's Day.